Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Meditation for Leaders. What does it mean to live in flow? I think to truly understand flow, we must understand resistance and be able to see where we are resisting in life or resisting within ourselves and where we might be living against our own grain. After all of the transformation this year and all of the movement, all of the truths that are rising to the surface and the many illusions that are being illuminated, right, that we're seeing for the first time, it's super important that we stay in flow, that we stay in motion, that we're able to adapt and move with nature. We are part of nature, right? We, we need to flow with it. And this is our lesson at this time. And we learn this lesson by noticing the resistance, the places where we're rigid, where we're holding on to fear or feeling stagnant in our energy. My guest and I talk about finding your own flow and she beautifully shares about discovering how she found what felt right to her, her process of unfolding, and then how she helps others open up and deepen their inner knowing. Sura is a highly experienced meditation coach and trainer, and she is passionate about helping people tap into their joy through the practice of meditation. She first discovered meditation when she was in severe pain while working on Wall Street. After receiving profound healing benefits from her sitting practice, she left New York to study meditation in Asia and has been teaching it ever since. She currently offers online trainings for leadership teams and coaches. She offers a certified meditation coach training called Liberate and Sura Flow Meditation, which is her methodology, integrates meditation, energy cultivation, and healing. Her work can be found on Huffington Post, Daily Ohm, and other major publications. So with no further ado, help me welcome Sura. Sura, I'm so happy you're here with us today. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Shauna. I'm delighted to be here with you. And I think we're going to have a really important conversation today. And I think that, you know, this is a time where healing has come more front and center in many people's lives. And it's a time of questioning, a time of opening up. And I'm always interested, as everybody knows who listens to the show, on talking about how we step into our truest self and how we become our most authentic self. And I love your journey and your story. And I'm wondering if you can kind of go back to maybe when you were working in corporate America and what that experience was for you, like on a feeling level, on a thought level, like who you were at that time, and then just kind of take us forward from there. Yes. Well, I had always wanted to be a business person since I was a little girl because we grew up really poor. 
basically below welfare. So I kind of pictured myself being the successful business person who had enough money to buy things. And um, fast forward, um, I ended up getting a job at Goldman Sachs on Wall Street, started my career there, and um, really basically took off hard and fast from that whole world and um, got lost in that world. I was very focused, really determined, ambitious. And even though in my late 20s, I was at the top of my career, um, I was at the bottom of my spiritual self. And I felt so lonely and so, in a sense, betrayed that here I was achieving all the things I was supposed to achieve. And I felt so empty and I was really depressed. And so it came to a point where I did feel suicidal and I asked, I prayed that I needed to find a way to live and be okay in the world, just to be okay. And, and that's when I started learning meditation. I discovered the Zen book and I started teaching myself meditation in my condo in Brooklyn. And that was just counting my breaths from 10 to one over and over again. And I started meditation basically, it saved my life. Um, it was very healing for me. And I cried, I think for the first three months when I was learning, every time I sat on the cushion, it just brought a lot of catharsis and a lot of old sadness that you know, I hadn't cried in so many years. I hadn't really let it go. So for me, it was deeply healing. And um, the transformation I saw from practicing every day, just in my everyday work on Wall Street, um, back then I was working with hedge funds and institutional sales. And just seeing the transformation even in my work, um, you know, all of these little pockets in my life, it was affirming to me to keep going, to keep learning and deepening into meditation. So beautiful. And what were the like changes as far as, you know, here you are still going back into the same work environment, but after you started your meditation practice, were you noticing, even though I'm in the same environment, that my perspective has shifted or my feelings are shifted? Like what were some of the things that you can describe that were changing for you? For me, it was feeling joy again. I don't think I had felt joy since I was a child, that just that level of lightness and tapping into that passion, that feeling of energy. I think when before then I felt quite jaded, it was like always living in this gray, dull zone where there were like a lot of highs or very many lows. It was just sort of this gray zone. And now I was tapping into this aliveness and the colors of life and the depth and the feeling and just my own energy again. You know, when you have that spark inside you. Yeah. So I started feeling that childlike energy all over again. And what happened like as, so as things move forward and you're feeling these, are you feeling a pull away from this like environment that you're in? Like what was kind of the time period between when you started meditating and then when you started maybe not feeling like this was going to be what you would do for the rest of your life? Well, it happened over the course of a year, but there was one event that 
pushed me over the edge. So there was a, it was happening over a course of a year where I was starting to loosen my grip on work, but still making quite a bit of money for the company. Um, and I was focused more on my practice and yoga. And then I decided I wanted to take it deeper and I booked this really big trip to go to Southeast Asia. Um, I went, I booked a trip to go to Thailand, Koh Phi Phi Island, and I was going to travel through Southeast Asia to learn more about Buddhism and Buddhist culture. And um, right before I left, the big tsunami hit in 2004. Wow. And the place where I was going to stay a few days later was completely wiped out with no living survivors at all. Oh my gosh. So it was that event that I said, that was the first time in my life I thought, maybe this is basically like a second chance in life. And what would I do with a second chance? And do I have a purpose? So that's that was the event that started those questions. And I started to get this pull and a lot of synchronicities, like just crazy synchronicities leading me in these directions um, to leave Wall Street, to leave New York altogether and to study yoga and meditation full time. Now, at that point, like, were you having any of your thoughts that were saying, like, kind of, what am I doing? And then this other part of you that's pulling you there, did you have people in your life that were going, you know, who maybe you share this with that were thinking, what you're going to do? What, like, what was going on around you at the time? It was um, all over the map. I mean, first I kept it to myself and I was an emotional uh, wreck because I, I felt all of a sudden I started feeling I need to leave. And that feeling was very strong. Um, but then I also, because my company kind of saw me um, drifting, they, they offered me partnership that year and uh, opportunity to open a new office in San Francisco. These things that I wanted, that I worked so hard for. And um, so then it meant leaving millions of dollars on the table and walking away from that um, after putting in a lot of hard work. So I was really torn and I ended up calling my mom and my mom was an orphan during the Korean war. And, you know, she came from a really poverty stricken background. And when I told her what was happening and how I felt torn, she said, just follow your heart and don't look back. Oh, that's so beautiful. And was that that was, the, did that, that really it. give you the support that you needed? It was the support I needed. And everybody else called me batshit crazy and all this other stuff. Right. And that I had to deal with at work. And um, she's having a midlife crisis and she doesn't, you know, she needs to take her roundabout. And so I did um, have to deal with a lot of that negative feedback. And there was feedback on the full spectrum from really supportive, really happy for me to people that just completely um, disconnected from me at that point. Sure, of course. And so what did you, you, did you leave the company and then what happened? I did. I ended up um, giving my whole book of business to, to somebody else. 
And um, my company did say, if you want to come back, you can come back a year later and still retain partnerships. So they, they left the door open for me, which was really nice. And actually, I thought I would come back. Um, and I, I did. I sold everything I had. I rented my apartment and I booked a one-way ticket to Asia. And I, I packed a backpack with just a few pairs of clothes and underwear and things like that and my yoga mat. Wow. New life. Yeah, completely new life. And what was your experience? I know meditation has been like a doorway for you. So what was your experience when you got over there of, was it to go and just practice meditation and just be there as long as you wanted to be there and submerge yourself? Yes. And I just wanted to mention something else, Shauna, because you had asked about that experience. I'm kind of backpedaling of, you know, making this decision because I kept feeling this pull in my heart before I, I left. I kept feeling if I don't, if I stay in New York, something really bad is going to happen. And I could really feel this looming feeling, you know, I could feel distinctly between these two decisions. Um, and it was something beyond what I could comprehend. Um, so I just wanted to say that because sometimes it's, you know, we have this intuition, yeah, a, a feeling, and we have no idea where it's coming from, but I felt so called that I really needed to leave New York, that that was the, the real next step. And when I left New York, I did have a little mini plan, but the day that I got there, I realized I had to throw my plan away because, you know, all this, you know, crazy stuff happened. I got lost in Bangkok and... I kind of had a breakdown basically thinking, oh my God, I made the wrong decision. I just left. Like, what did I just leave? And I'm here all by myself. I'm lost. Um, and, and I just had a mini breakdown that first day and I surrendered. You know, it was just, it caused me to let go. And, and then it, that's what I learned when I was traveling was this whole process, the magic of surrendering that every time I felt tense or I needed to control or plan what was going to happen to just let it go, to be really present, to get in touch with my intuition, which saved me as a single female traveler in places like India. It was really important to be paying attention. So yes, I had a little bit of a plan and, and the, the basic plan was I was going to do the things that I thought were interesting and that I enjoyed. That was going, that was the plan. Um, and that was a whole new concept for me because I had always chased after things that didn't really bring me happiness. So yeah, this was a completely different treat. Yeah, this was a whole so, new way of being like, oh, just do things I thought were interesting and fun. Uh, that's like completely different way of life. And, and I found that following that was creating some kind of flow and synchronicity uh, oftentimes just by following this inner energy. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's interesting because as you were sharing about this, I always think to myself like the, will feel this push to leave a certain reality, right? A lot of people are feeling this or have felt this before. And right when you get out of it, there's also the feeling of what did I just do? 
like, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I'm following my heart and, it, and there's a building up to it, right? Like I'm going to do this and then you do it. And I think right after you do it, it's normal to feel this feeling of, oh my gosh, right? Like, where am I? What did I do? This was such a big choice. Like, you know, sometimes people even feel like regret for a moment or did I make the right choice? Um, which I think is surprising sometimes for people because while you're building up to it, it feels like, I'm going to do this. And when I do it, it's going to feel amazing. Right? And then right after you step over the threshold, it's normal to feel this moment of, oh my gosh, I'm out, right? Like I'm out of that reality. Like, where am I? What did I do? Um, and then, like you said, the learning to surrender, right? You learn to just be like, okay, I'm here, right? I'm in another country. Like I'm going to flow with this. I'm going to learn and I'm going to move through this. And so I want to go into like some of what you discovered as you started to practice meditation and different healing modalities. Like what did you explore and what was your experience of that? I began with Thai massage and I um, started learning Thai massage because I thought there was something really powerful to touch. I noticed that when I was in yoga class and when the teacher would touch me, um, there was some energy and it really allowed me to open up. And so I started with that and I began learning about Reiki healing and became a Reiki master with that. And then I went to, which is interesting because all these traditions that I ended up studying, I, I ended up letting go of as well. Um, and I went to India to study yogic meditation. And I lived in an ashram in India and traveled through India to learn Sanskrit and the ancient yoga sutras and practice basically the yoga sutras by the book. Um, so I was really in an intensive study and I was really hardcore about it. Um, when I went to these ashrams, it was wake up at the crack of dawn. We all wore a uniform. I lived in a concrete hut and I practiced yoga meditation on concrete. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. And I, I saw a lot of people leaving in tears because it was so hard. It was like a militaristic approach <laughs> to um, spiritual practice. And I started really wondering about that because everywhere I went, it was intense like that. You know, Zen meditation, it was highly disciplined. Um, you know, lights out by 10 p.m. and um, everything was pretty controlled, your whole schedule. So I, I began wondering about that. And in that process of practicing intensely, breathing exercises, yogic practices, cleansing practices, I ended up having hormonal imbalance and I lost a lot of weight and I started looking um, less like a woman, more like a man. And then I stopped having my period. So all of this kind of came to a shock for me. I felt that I was doing healthy things, but I didn't quite feel like myself. And that, and it was painful to not have my period. Um, it just, and I realized, wow, I'm, I'm pushing so hard. I'm squeezing my mula bandha so hard, pulling up the energy so hard, trying to awaken the kundalini. I mean, it was just throwing me off balance on a deeper level. So those were some of the practices that I, I engaged in. I mean, it was a beautiful experience, but it was also a confusing time. 
um, because I was learning about these traditions, these practices of restraint, of control, of discipline, of, um, you know, restraining from any sexual activity, practicing celibacy, um, becoming asexual through that process, um, valuing silence over expression, um, all these very subtle things you're practicing in a group. Um, and I felt like I was losing a part of myself in that process. It's interesting. And so what, like, how was it occurring for you at a certain point? Like, of course, you know, losing all this weight and losing your period and all of these things, like at some point were you going, uh, this is not the path or this is not, you know, it's like, it's interesting because to the beginning of your story where you were talking about, you know, a very probably masculine type of career and work and um, way of being in the world with your uh, corporate work. And then it's almost like that translates into even the spirituality work that you started doing, you know, just very kind of in a regimented, more masculine, you know, style. Type a, yeah, type, type a type of approach to yes. meditation and healing. And have, did that become like at some point were you going, wait a second, like I just left here uh, doing this, you know, like in this very masculine way and then came here and now my healing approaches in this way. Did that connection happen for you? It did. Yes. And, and where'd that, you go from there? And how much I resonated with the masculine energy, the masculine approach, because that's how I grew up. Um, where did I go from there? I, I just um, had to really pause. I had to stop. And, and I started thinking, why, why can't this be softer? Why does it have to be so hardcore? Um, why can't I just have time out to process all my feelings and, and heal my emotions? Because I was having a lot of emotions come up with these spiritually cleansing exercises. And I just started thinking, why isn't there space? Like, wh why is this so compressed and, and this at this pace? And then I realized, wow, these practices were created 5,000 years ago by men for other men. Mm. You know, Patanjali yoga and, and all of our religion and society is, is centered, it's androcentric. Interesting. You know, from Buddhism to Christianity to Islam. <laughs> I mean, we call God him. It's very... Um, you know, centered on the male consciousness point of view. And I, I wondered about like, what happened to the female voice and the female perspective? Um, why are men saying what women should do with their sexual energy and power? Why is this written in the text? Uh, women don't have that same struggle with being distracted by sexual urges the way men do who have 30 times the testosterone as women. You know, their whole physical orientation is very different from um, a woman's body even. And we have so much wisdom, natural wisdom flowing through our body. I mean, our body is connected to nature and the cycle of nature. So I really started to bring it all together like that. And what I decided to do was walk away from all tradition of meditation. And I thought I would like to learn meditation in a pure place by myself. And that meant, um, because I did notice too, that I had to, to play a role, even in a group, 
you know, even when you're learning these spiritual practices, you're learning with a teacher or with a guru or some external authority. And, and then there's a group dynamic that's there. And so I wanted to know what would it be like to, to, to leave all of this and to, to learn it alone in nature. And um, this was after actually some time after I'd started teaching in Los Angeles and had left LA after three years because I still didn't feel I understood meditation. Even though I was teaching meditation, I, was, I, still, I still felt like I was not grasping something all the way. So that's when I decided to um, go on a retreat in Salt Spring Island, which is a small island of 10,000 people in British Columbia. And um, I stayed there in um, a remote area um, in the woods on a lake uh, without anything. You know, it was just a very simple, rustic ca cabin without um, internet or phone, um, anything like that. Um, I had a wood stove for heat, but it was very much chop wood, carry water, just a very simple life in nature. And that's where I felt like I really began learning the essence of meditation where I had permission to tap into my feminine energy, uh, my intuition, that feeling of um, channeling, of healing energy, um, these feminine qualities that include nurturing, gentleness, surrender, that I think are so important to developing a strong spiritual practice. And in that space, it was safe to let go, to cry as much as I needed to cry, um, you know, allow myself to be guided from within or from to learn from nature, the energy of nature. And that's when I realized these practices that we call healing and prayer and intuition and meditation, they're just all aspects of one thing. It's one, the one skill but they've been divided into these different practices. Oh my goodness. I can't believe you just said that. It's so interesting because I um, just was interviewed last night and we got on the topic. It was a great conversation. And we got on the topic of, um, she was asking me about different healing modalities and how things occur to me. And she goes, oh, when I was expressing to her the way, you know, I work, she was like, oh, have you ever explored the Akashic records? And I go into the Akashic records. I'm like, I, I've had a reading, right? But I, I haven't like explored it from working with them. It's not the exact way that it occurs to me or the words, right? Like, so, and so we were talking about this and I said, really at the, at the highest level, it's all coming from the same place, right? Like we all have this different viewpoint, right? And way of working and way of giving of gifts, right? And helping other people access their gifts and access their connection. But I feel the same way. It's just, it's all flowing from the same source, just through different lenses. Mm-hmm. And it's so fascinating that you just said that because it's literally like that just came up to, you know, yesterday, which I always think when things come like that in multiple, you know, over days very close together or in multiple instances and through multiple conversations, that that's a valuable perspective for people to try on and see, you know, see if that fits. Yes. Yes, absolutely. The synchronicity. 
Yeah, I love that. So, so how did you create Suraflow? Like, was that really the birthing place when you were on that island where this connection, deeper connection started and, and the practices that you teach and share really started to come about? Yes, I, I think that was a place where I thought, well, there's something to channeling and there's something to flow and healing and meditation. Meditation helps healing. Healing helps meditation. Um, so that was that was the place where I thought, you know, women naturally have this natural inclination for meditation. It's easy for women to sit and to provide that safe, nurturing space. And I just thought, why... Um, what would meditation be like, or this practice we call meditation, um, if there was, if the creative feminine energy was really able to have a voice in it, have that space inside of it. So that's, that was then where I started learning about channeling for myself, what that meant. And I started having visions of the future and I remember when I was at a Buddhist monastery, I told a monk that I started having visions and he said, that's just your imagination. Yeah. And, and I guess it, to me, it's just so interesting because it's the masculine perspective for meditation has been very mental. You know, it's like from the head and shoulders up, we call it mindfulness. Um, and uh, I wanted to experience meditation from this whole other energetic point of view, because I also noticed that your energy changes when you're meditating. And, um, and just to bring in that softer element, I think now it's perceived as I have to empty my mind. It's about mental control and it's hard and unattainable. So just debunking a lot of those myths when you just start to learn how to relax and soften that you can naturally begin to enter the state of meditation. So relaxation that. and softening. Yes. And you can do that with energy healing. You can do that with singing. You can do that with dancing. And these, again, they're creative feminine energies, but you can access those states in any way. And it's about giving yourself full permission to access that state, regardless of what it looks like. You don't have to be sitting at perfectly still in lotus pose. You can be um, engaging in any creative activity where you're highly engaged and present and entering that flow state. I love that. I think that's such a beautiful message because we have such... Um or I'll say we are shown or, or it's portrayed very specific ways to so-called meditate. And I know I grew up as a dancer. And so movement is meditation for me, like um, various, either various forms of movement that I use as a meditation practice. And so I've never been one to subscribe to, like, I would say a certain well-known way of meditating. It's always taken on different shapes and forms and ways that I feel that deeper connection. And so I think it's super valuable, especially at this time where I talk a lot about the birthing of the unique, the unique frequency that we each are, and people starting to feel their uniqueness more so than um, over the next five years, than connecting to a... Um, 
I would say a societal vantage point. And so some of this is what I feel like is happening at this time um, is that we're really stepping into unique perspective, which then requires us to ask ourselves like, what is my unique expression? What is my unique way and energy about me? So I think it's super valuable to be having a conversation about, you know, like what is meditation beyond the borders that we've been given with that and what a beautiful journey you've had with that and really discovering, you know, what works for the individual. Yes, that's a beautiful way to say that. And I agree that um, with Surflow, it is about birthing your and expressing your uniqueness having the permission to express um, versus repress, which I think is a tendency in meditation is that there is almost this need to control or perform. um, And it can, you know, go down a different energetic route when we get more into a mind space with it um, versus entering the heart deeply and allowing ourselves to feel safe in that place to be ourselves. And I think this opportunity with everything that's happening is really an opportunity to be more of our true self, the healing opportunity Mm -hmm. to be more and more of who we are. And that really is the gift. Exactly. I agree a hundred percent. And so what is, if someone's listening to this and they're going, ah, I want to find out more about this or practice this, like, how does one do that? You mean learn about Suraflow or this? Yeah. Do you have like, do you have specific programs? Is there a way to start? Is there a methodology, you know what I mean? To process, to integrating and finding, you know, trying things and finding your own unique, what works for you? Yes. Well, we do have trainings that we offer. One is called Liberate. And that is a meditation teacher training, meditation coach training program. Um, and that's not just for meditation teachers. It can be for anybody who wants to deepen their practice, but that's where we start learning more about this approach. We also do learn the traditional approaches as well in that program, but, um, we have courses also on our site that encourage learning relaxation. And next week I will be teaching this approach. So really the approach starts with relaxation and setting the energy of your practice Um, sometimes we sit and then we just sit in all the anxiety and tension that we're experiencing (laughs) and we, we don't move the energy, right? Like, why wouldn't you, if you're going to sit somewhere, would you like to sit in a clean room or a dirty room? You know, it's, (laughs) you could just clean it up really quickly in the first few minutes by getting in touch with the energy and learning how to move the energy, um, flow your energy. So that's what we start with is just learning how to clear the clutter um, from the get-go by setting the energy, setting the vibration of your practice. And then then your practice being a practice of awareness and also listening. Um, We can receive our guidance through listening and paying attention to the subtle sensations and the visions and the impressions and the energy that we receive in our practice. And we do receive energy. We can open ourselves up to receiving this universal life force energy and 
activating our own creative life force energy through meditation. And we can actually learn how to apply this energy um, at the end, you know, by having an intention. So when you're really still and calm and connected and you feel that sense of oneness and you connect to an intention, it just becomes more impactful. It's more powerful. And, and you can... Mm -hmm. So beautiful. And you can send that out as blessings to people. You can send that as healing. You can uh, manifest your own intention, your own life intention in that space. And it just kind of takes your practice to this next level. I think it's meditation can be more than just watching our thoughts and transcending our emotions or transcending, you know, it's like we, we go deep into them. So if we have um, hard emotions, we go into the center of those emotions because emotions are um, energy, they're information, they're telling us something. So in our practice, we take everything, we use everything, um, everything's allowed, you know, sexual energy, um, dark emotions, light emotions, you know, it's, it's really learning how to be spacious and, and accepting of all that arises. Mm, I love that. That's so beautiful. So where would people take us to your website and anywhere you are on social media so people that are interested in finding out more can get more information? Sure. It's suraflow.org and it's S-U-R-A-F-L-O-W.org. And there you can find more information. My Facebook page is Sura, my first name. And um, you can find us there. Wonderful. Well, that is amazing. I love your approach. And I think it's such um, a perfect time, right, to, to really step into, like we said, the unique and really step into what is it that works best for you in your ability to connect deeper with yourself and then, you know, obviously connect to your higher self and other energies as well that feel compassionate and loving and kind. And so, Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to ask you four questions now that we ask all of our oh, guests on the you. show. <laughs> thank you, Shana. And I just also want to reiterate that it isn't about following our style of meditation. It's about developing what works for you and what's true for you. And when you do that, then, you know, you fall in love with your own practice. And that's what inspires you to practice every day. Yeah, for sure. Because it becomes your own play, right? Your own connection. Yes. It's so good. I love that. So one of the uh, first questions that we ask is based on a process I take people through. And the first pillar of that is truth. So what is a deep truth that you have come across maybe even recently at this potent, powerful time that we're in that, that has served as a catalyst for you or created a shift in perception for you? Deep truth that it's safe to be who you are. Mm, I love that. And on the flip side of that, usually when we have a big truth that we discover, um, there's something that needs to be released. So whether it's a limiting thought process, whether it's old programming, whether it's someone else's viewpoint that we are actually looking through and not our own, whether it's people. I mean, there's so many things that we end up slowly starting to release when we stand firmly in a new truth. So what is it for you that kind of had to go? For me, it was tension. 
that, that I feel just the energy of tension and holding, I think is valuable information. Yes. Um, when we feel like we're having to protect ourselves or defend ourselves or defend our position, um, just, you know, where we're coming from in that space and learning how to shift into the space of spaciousness, of inner flow and trust and mm. surrender and self-love and really learning how to um, even love our tension or tend to our own tension and resistance. I love that. And the third step is really about your experience of life. And so I'm just wondering, as you have released this and like moved deeper into this truth, what has changed in your daily experience? So what is the you could say the shift in the frequency that you're living in from, from discovering and unearthing this truth? I would say abundance and understanding that abundance is our natural state. That I have noticed more of. And I think that comes with the feeling of gratitude and that the more you live your truth, your own dharma, um, you're living in sync with divine destiny or this divine flow that is emerging. So if you're able to um, really connect inwardly and, and let go and trust what's coming through you from within you, then you can begin to move together, you know, in sync with the universe. I love that. It's so beautiful. And what is your, um, the fourth step is aligned. So what is it for you just personally with your meditation practice or rituals? What are the things that keep you in alignment and living at a higher frequency um, that you've discovered over your journey? What really helps me is paying attention to energy moment to moment and trusting my energy. So I, I trust my energy more than I trust my mind. And um, for me, it's what I'm really feeling, you know, my emotions, my feelings, and valuing them, even if they're bad, and you, even if they go against what I'm supposed to think and what I'm supposed to feel, that I trust all of that deeply because they're, they're valuable pieces of information and they can often guide you in the right direction. If you don't mind me saying it, it's so interesting. So something is like coming through really strong, which is like when you were talking about um, the safety and then like really opening up to abundance, like it's interesting because like throughout um, most of the lineage, right, there's like not the feeling of safety and not connected at all to the energy of abundance because there's just a lot of... Um, lack, right? A sensation. Abstinence. Yeah. Restriction yeah. and abstinence. And yeah. And, and yeah. so what's interesting is like, even as you, you know, lived the life that you lived and incarnated into this world. And even though you made all this money in your former career, that, that, that the energy line, right. That came through your lineage was still ever present so that there wasn't the experience of abundance, right. Even though someone could look at your life and say there was abundance, right. Like from the outside in, and yeah. yet your experience was not that, 
right? And that, um, you know, going through all the beautiful steps and stages and the work that you're doing, like, it's really like for your soul self to experience, to, to, to end that line, right? And to experience like this other energy, right? Which you're moving into, which is really beautiful. And I think, you know, sometimes in life, like we tell ourselves, right? We all do, um, that things are just a certain way, but we're actually carrying other people's energy and other people's belief systems like in our DNA. And even spiritual beliefs. Right, right. Which are very limiting. (laughs) Right, totally. Many of them, very limiting. And so what they're saying is like, you know, transcendence of that, like Mm -hmm. mine in you, right? Because you were willing to like show up to the walk and it's just, it's just really beautiful. I just want to like say that to you um, because I think it's really ever present and it's a wonderful example of what's possible, Um, at this time on the planet, I don't know that it was always possible, like in the same way, but just with the current energy, um, on the planet and where we are, how we're, you know, humanity is evolving towards, um, and it's just a really, really beautiful thing. So thank you for sharing your walk. I love kind of diving into, you had such an amazing life and an amazing walk and, you know, you really stand in the truth of continuing to like follow the truth within, right? And trying different things and seeing, hmm, wait, this doesn't exactly feel like truth. I'm going to keep exploring and I'm going to keep opening up and I'm going to keep looking. And I just think that's beautiful. And that is following the frequency of your own unique. And so thank you for sharing that with us today. Thank you so much, Shauna. It's been a really sweet pleasure. Thank you. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes. Mm